Are you a man looking for an intensive program to help you overcome sexually addictive behaviors? Gateway to Freedom is your answer. Gateway to Freedom is a three-day workshop for men seeking to overcome any destructive sexual habits. Whether married, single, or divorced, Gateway to Freedom will help men regain hope for a new life of purity and real contentment. The workshop is conducted by experts in the field of sexual addiction recovery with decades of combined experience. Read testimonials of workshop alumni at gatewaymen.com. Get all the info and register online at gatewaymen.com or call 1-800-49-PURITY. Hi, my name is Jonathan, and I'm the founder of the Gateway to Freedom Workshop. I want to personally invite you to be part of our next workshop coming up June 24th through the 26th in Texas. So call us today at 210-822-8201 or visit gatewaymen.com. Welcome to Pure Sex Radio, training men, educating women. Are you ready to get real and start living each day in purity? This dynamic program is designed to educate, encourage, and equip listeners with the tools necessary for living a life of sexual purity. Pure Sex Radio brings you the best in mobile talk radio. Listen to real-life struggles, learn how to overcome lust, pornography, and sex addiction, and get serious about purity. Your hosts for Pure Sex Radio are Jonathan Doherty and Stephen Cervantes. Jonathan is the director of Be Broken Ministries and founder of the Gateway to Freedom Workshop for Men. Stephen is the founder of the Hope Counseling Center. Visit us online at puresexradio.com. And now, please welcome Jonathan and Stephen on Pure Sex Radio. Good day, radio listeners. Welcome to this week's edition of the Pure Sex Radio broadcast. We're glad to have you here with us. My name is Jonathan. I'm here with Stephen. Stephen, how's it going? I am blessed. I'm happy and smiling today. Thank you. Awesome. Well, before we dive in, uh, listeners, I just want to let you know, as I do every now and then, that we are a listener-supported broadcast, and we are grateful to those of you who have come alongside and partnered with us in this mission at the radio program. Uh, we can only do what we're doing because of uh, folks like you who are willing to say, we want to invest in what you're doing. We have uh, radio stations around the country that carry the program. Uh, we have distributors that, that send the podcast all around the globe. And um, all of that, unfortunately, has costs associated to it. And so thank you to those of you who have partnered with us. If you would like to uh, come alongside and, and partner with us financially, you can go to the website at puresexradio.com and click on the Donate button and learn about the various ways that you can come alongside us and support us. Well, Stephen, I'm going to pass it along to you because I, I think we've got a, a fun program ahead where we're going to talk about some uh, a significant topic. Well, I've been thinking about this word you say it at the retreat weekends. It's the word courage and courageous. And I've sort of been playing in my mind with that word and going, I wonder why he says that, and I wonder what it means. So I guess I would, um, uh, that's my setup, is that when you start the weekend, you say, um, it is a courageous act that you come here today. 
and that you were being courageous. You know, in theory, I want to be a man of courage. Um, but I want to explore that a little bit in terms of what you think that means. Because let me say something else in terms of introduction about this. Some men that come to our retreat weekend will drive by the entry driveway mm-hmm. back and forth and not pull in and say, man, I wanted to turn around and go home. I was scared to come in here. Um, now, after they get there and they sit down, we all have lunch and talk and cut up and we're all regular people, they realize it's good to be here. But but I think fear is an, a big piece of of what keeps us stunted and small. And so I wanted you to sort of teach us what God is showing you about the value of courage. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so when I do start the workshop, I do I do express to men that I, I see courage in them. And, of course, I get some funny looks a lot of times with that, or I just get blank stares because they're, they're still wondering if I even know what I'm talking about because they're thinking, courage, are you kidding me? That is not the thing that I would have on the forefront of my mind as being a quality that characterizes me, you know? And yet the reason I state that is because the idea of courage is is not this sense that there is no fear. There's no feelings of fear. And unfortunately, there have been some bad definitions of courage. In fact, even one of the definitions that I saw in the dictionary said without fear, and I thought, that's stupid. That's not the definition of courage. I don't care what the dictionary says. <laughs> the, oh. the definition of courage is not to be without fear. Are you kidding me? Ask any soldier that's been on the front lines of a battle doing his duty. Ask him, did you not have any fear? Are you kidding me? Any man who's honest will say he was shaken in his boots. But why was he courageous? Why did he continue to do the the thing that was right, the thing that was good in that battle? Because he had courage. So courage is not this idea of there's no fear. Courage is saying, I'm still going to press forward even when I'm afraid. And so that's why I commend the men at the workshop for being men of courage because they come afraid. They come filled with apprehension. They come filled with all kinds of emotion and turmoil in their lives, but they still come. Yes. They're still there, and that is a courageous mm. act. And so I wanted to I wanted to share with you a couple of definitions about courage, kind of get your response, Stephen. And then I wanted to go through some scriptures here that speak directly to this issue of courage. And hopefully this will be something that is encouraging to you as our listeners that you might be able to, to no matter where you are emotionally, no matter where you are in your journey of, of battling either sexual temptations or learning how to manage your sexuality, that you would take up this, this torch of courage and continue to press forward. So some basic definitions of courage. One is courage is the quality of mind or spirit that enables a person to face difficulty, danger, or pain. So it's a quality of mind and spirit. That yeah, enables. I like mind and spirit, right? Because my logic and my spirit have to line up, and then i got to get my emotional self to show up too. And what's interesting, it says, face difficult trials and battles. 
they're coming, right? They come mm-hmm. all the time, temptation. And sometimes there's danger involved and sometimes there's pain involved, right? But to be of sound mind and spirit to say, I will do that which is difficult, uncomfortable. Even in the face of danger and pain, I will press on. And here's the thing I want to, the one thing I want to note about the idea of facing pain. See, a lot of people, um, when they come to the workshop or anybody who decides to finally deal with whatever, you know, sexual brokenness issue they've been dealing, they've been either hiding or struggling with, whenever they come to that realization, they, they realize that they have been in pain, right? Mm. The problem is, is that when they realize that and they begin to go out and seek help, they don't realize many times that they're going to be engaging a new journey of a different kind of pain. They think, listen, I'm in pain, so really I want to get out of pain. So can can you help me, Stephen? I'm going to come to you as a counselor, and I, my expectation is that everything that I'm going to do with you is going to be painless. And then you really disappoint me, man, because when I get in your office and I start talking to you and you start asking questions, I, wait a second, this hurts. What are you doing? But you're saying new pain like new places and new feelings and new stuff is what you're saying. Yeah, and right? really what I'm trying to point out is the difference between what I call destructive pain and healing pain. Mm. And sometimes, listeners, they can feel very similar because pain hurts. The difference is, though, that maybe when you're sitting in an office like Stevens or when you're in a group support group or when you come to a workshop like ours, the difference between the healing pain and the destructive pain is that the healing pain is eventually leading you to the place that you want to be, where there is peace and joy. But guess what? You need a quality of mind or and spirit that enables you to face pain. And so you've got to both face, because part of the recovery process, part of the healing process is actually looking at the destructive pain and acknowledging it, recognizing it for what it is, exploring it for where everything broke down Mm. in order that you might begin to engage the healing pain, which is saying, I want to learn how to close some of these wounds. I want to learn what it takes to actually be a different person. I want to shift the paradigm from which I've been living to a new one that is that is full of grace and truth and, and purpose. And so I, I just think that takes courage. You, you don't get to a place of health and wholeness without struggle. And, and, and that's why I think you must have courage on this journey because it's not for the faint of heart. Mm. Be of courage, we were told. Right, So we want everyone to sort of think about that word, because haven't you stood of sound mind and spirit during a difficult time? And we want to celebrate courage in you, in your life, when you sacrificed, when you didn't want to, when you were tired and you pressed on, and when you went through a difficult situation that maybe was painful to endure, but you didn't even let the pain stop you from doing the right thing and being courageous. You know, one of the other definitions of courage here that I really I really like is it says to act in accordance with one's beliefs especially in spite of criticism. Now, for those listeners out there who 
um, are followers of Christ, see, you're going to get, you're going to face criticism on a couple of levels. One is, I think anybody who begins to deal with um, sexual brokenness in our culture faces one type of criticism, and that is from a culture that is completely saturated in pornography, the criticism you're going to face is, what's the problem? Mm. Why, why are you making the, why are you even thinking this is a big deal? You know, um, are, are you one of these holier than thou? Why are you, why are you thinking that pornography is a problem? Why are you, you know, thinking you even need help? And so there's a type of criticism that comes just from trying to deal with sexual brokenness issues in a culture that's completely sexually broken. Um, the other criticism that you're going to face is that then when you start traveling down the road of healing and recovery based on a biblical worldview of sexuality and relationships, then you're going to get a whole nother level of criticism because people are going to be railing against you for that kind of a stance. When you, when you take a stance of what the Bible has to say about sexual health and and all those kind of things. Watch out because there's a, there's an entire army of homosexual activists that will rail against you. There's an entire industry of pornographers that will rail against you for your sense of morality or whatever. And and so you're going to face all that kind of critic. There's the there's the whole you know um, people who are going to rail against you for the, your ideas of marriage, whatever it may be. Um, if you hold to a biblical worldview of of sexuality and relationships, so I like the idea of courage, being one, being the ability to act in accordance to your beliefs, especially in spite of criticism. You know, it's interesting. I was reading my New Testament this week, and uh, that little section where where Peter is denying Christ, and um, so Peter wants to be aware of what's going on, wants to be close, but they're warming by the fire. And and um, one of the girls says, hey, aren't you one of his followers? And he goes, no, 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 I don't know. I don't know him. And then a little later in the evening, someone says, uh, hey, you sort of talk like a Galilean. You know, are you sure you're not Galilean? Mm-hmm. No, 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 I'm not. No, 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 no. And then, don't you? Aren't those Galilean clothes you're wearing? Don't you? Aren't you one of his? You, you know. And, and he goes, no, 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 no. Don't know. Don't have anything to do with him. And it struck me how we have such a desire to belong. Mm-hmm. And this thing you're saying that the culture will tell us things that are not true. And if we have such a desire to belong, we'll let ourselves be caught up in it. And that's why it's so hard to break free. Because, friends, there are times, you know, we talk on this program a lot and in our ministry a lot about one of the fundamental core essentials to walking in integrity is engaging others, is community. But here's the thing. You cannot hang your hat on that alone. Meaning, and what I mean by that is, we don't stand before God to be held accountable as a group. We stand before God to be held accountable as an individual. And so therefore, as, as essential as community is, we, we need one another. The, the bottom line is, you have to make a commitment yourself as an individual. Am I willing to stand alone even if no one stands with me? 
because I'm choosing to live according to the design of my maker. And he says that I'm supposed to hold these boundaries, that I'm supposed to live in this way. And, and am I willing to do that if everyone else turns away? Well, I have the courage to stand alone. And, and folks, I think if you're going to be successful on this journey, you have to be willing to make that level of commitment. Now, the good news is there, there's a lot of community available to us, especially here in the United States. We still live in a free country. There's a lot of community, community available to us. But in order to have, I think, the right attitude moving forward in terms of becoming a man or a woman of integrity, we have to be willing, though, to say, even if all community falls away, I will stand alone in the integrity and the truth of God's Word and how He made me. That's good. And what you'll find is others taking the same stand, right? And so that then becomes some support. And it's because He almost never left us alone, right? There's always the church, there's always the Holy Spirit and the Comforter. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so, but we have to be careful of the message of the culture, right? Because it's quietly seductive to. To what's wrong with that, and it's okay, and it's not that bad, and everybody, you know, how that mm-hmm. goes. And so I want to share some scriptures here that I that relate specifically to this issue of being courageous. And we want this to really sink into you. Allow this, this these words to really flow over you. One of the most famous passages is, um, is actually found in Joshua 1. It says, Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened and do not be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. So it says, I love the way that that God says there, I've actually commanded you to be strong and courageous. And But why? Because he's with us wherever we go. It's kind of like what you were saying, Stephen. You know, he hasn't left us alone. Even if we are alone in the sense that, oh my goodness, there's no other human being around me. He says, I haven't left you alone. I'm with you wherever you go. So even if every other human being takes a hike, be strong and courageous because I'm with you. You know, it's interesting. I didn't see this on the sheet when you handed it to me earlier, but my daughter picked this verse as sort of one of her theme verses. Mm. And then my mother also uses this as a theme verse. And so when something difficult is going on in my mother's life, or or if something difficult is a challenge for my daughter, grandmother will send this verse. Or if grandmother's going through a hard time, granddaughter will send mm. the verse. That's good. And it's very powerful to don't get lost in the pain of the moment of the confusion of the uncertainty, whether it's a job change or a surgery you're having, be strong and of courage. And something I want to point out to you here is notice there were no qualifiers on uh, where God will go with you. He says, wherever you go. So friends, that means... If you dive back into your addiction, if you dive back into your sin, God says, listen, I go wherever you go. So be strong and courageous. What that means is when you finally lift your head after all of the 
you know, carousing or whatever activities you're doing, when you finally lift your head and realize I am, I'm in the muck and the mire, realize in that moment you can be just as strong and courageous in the pit as you could on the mountaintop. Because wherever you go, he is with you. Be of courage. And so he says, do not be frightened or do not walk in fear. And then do not be dismayed or dismayed or disoriented or confused. Right? But mm. be strong and courageous when that storm comes and the difficult times come. Stand with courage and grab onto his hand. Another passage is in Second Chronicles uh, chapter 15, verse 7. It says, But you take courage. Do not let your hands be weak, for your work shall be rewarded. See, folks, the, the journey to a life of integrity, the journey to being a, uh, a fully devoted follower of Jesus is one that does involve work. Now, don't misunderstand. We are saved. We are justified by the grace of God through Jesus Christ alone. But make no mistake that in Christ, as a follower of Christ— we are not automatically mature. We are not automatically wise, okay? So realize this is a journey of, of growth. And so what I like about this, this verse here is it says, don't let your hands be weak. In other words, don't be lazy. You know, I mean, mm. <laughs> don't think that if you just get some kind of information formula right or if you finally just form some, if you get the words in the proper order of some particular prayer that all of a sudden, poof, it's like, you know, the, the magic ring in Lord of the Rings. You put it on and just magical things happen. Don't think about that. He's saying, listen, no, take courage. Don't be lazy. Don't let your hands be weak. And then your work shall be rewarded. So there's, there's a reward for the courageous there's a reward for those who say, whew, I see a mess here that's got to be cleaned up, and it, it is a big mess, and, and God's wanting me to be part of this, and, and, and I can't just sit on my rump and, and be lazy. i got to get up and do some stuff. And he says, I'll reward that kind of courage and that kind of work. You know, it's interesting because I think about you and your wife and how courageous you were to start the ministry and to see what he's done, because I like the second part. Your work shall be rewarded. And any time a good deed is done, any time good works are done, you know, I think it's marked to your account. I think the Father smiles with favor. And I don't think one good deed is ever lost, mm -hmm. somehow fell through the cracks, but that he says your works will be rewarded by others coming around you and saying good job but by the rest you take from your good work and by the pleasure of the Father, your work shall be rewarded. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of hope in that, you know, because I think, I mean, wouldn't you agree, Stephen, just not, not only just a, you know, working through sexual brokenness issues, but life in general, yes. it's a hard journey, right? Yes. And so there's such hope in that. He says, listen, be, be, take courage. Don't let your hands be weak. You shall, your work shall be rewarded. It's, it's a promise. Yes. And I, I find great hope in that. It's, um, 
It's kind of like another verse that he gave me in Ecclesiastes 7, 8, where he says, for the end of a matter is better than its beginning, and patience is better than pride. Mm. The idea is, man, there's good stuff ahead, and, and I'm going to reward that, that good work. I want to combine two uh, passages here. One is in 2 Chronicles uh, chapter 17, verse 6, and then Psalm 27, 14. So they say this, his heart was courageous in the ways of the Lord. And then the verse in Psalm says, wait for the Lord. Be strong and let your heart take courage. Wait for the Lord. The reason I wanted to combine these two is because because of the issue of talking about the heart. His heart was courageous. Let your heart take mm. courage. You know, we've talked on several previous broadcasts, Stephen, and I know this is your your favorite part of our being <laughs> is the emotional self, right? Right. Understanding that, making that work right, yes. Yeah, and I love that. And that's what I think is going on here. He's... He's not just saying, okay, get your thoughts right mm. as it pertains to courage and, and get, your, you know, get your head right in terms of courage. He's saying, no, let that, let that emotional part of you be tapped into courage. Mm-hmm. And, and how does that grab you, the idea of the, the heart being I love that. courageous? I love that. The heart. Let your emotional self find and stand on courage. And he said, you may have to wait. There'll be some waiting involved. But from your deep place in your being, your emotions, find courage. Wait. And not weakly, he says, wait and be strong. And then I love using the previous verse, for your work shall be rewarded. Your stand shall be rewarded. Your deeds shall be rewarded. Mm Mm-hmm. And here's the thing, you know, I think it's interesting when you put courage in the context of waiting. See, we live, first of all, we live in a very impatient culture. And I will be the first to confess that I have a lot of tendency towards impatience. And and it's it's interesting, if you, listeners, if you want to do an interesting study, just do a study on waiting in the scriptures. It will, it will probably convict you to the point of feeling desperate. Uh, <laughs> mm. um, but it's interesting how there's a connection here, right, between courage and waiting. Because I know in my life there have been plenty of times where I go, God, I want something to move. Something's got to happen here. Something's got to change. And and I feel like I'm in a good place. I feel like I'm doing the right things, but something's still got to break free. Something's got to move. And God is saying, wait, wait. And it takes courage to wait. Think about Noah. Mm. Remember the definition here, to act in accordance with one's beliefs, especially in spite of criticism. Uh, Yeah, no, what's this thing you call rain? It's never happened before, and yet you're building what? You're doing what? It took courage for him to wait. He had to wait. Now, he was acting, right? There was still that piece of don't let your hands be lazy or be weak. But he was waiting in, in the face of criticism. How many times in our lives... You know, and I think about this especially for the wives who are feeling a sense from the Lord of saying, I want you to wait. She is wanting to leave because her husband has been unfaithful. She is wanting to get as far away from him as possible. And God is convicting her and saying, wait, I'm not asking you to move right now. I'm not asking you to move toward him. I'm not asking you to move away, but I want you to just wait. That takes courage Mm. in the face of our culture that is saying, he did what to you? Get out of Dodge. And, And so listeners... Waiting takes courage, and and so be strong and courageous in that waiting. Any comment on that? 
Well, I just put them together, courage and waiting and strength end up in a great God thing happening. Mm -hmm. Sometimes we don't even know what's going to happen by waiting courageously, not in weakness, but in strength and faithfulness, than just standing and waiting for God to do his responding and, Mm -hmm. and, you know, show up and be who he is because he says here, you you shall be rewarded. And so just waiting for his presence to move. Now I want to close with this passage from 2 Corinthians chapter 5. It's verses 6 through 9. The reason I want to close from this is because this journey is hard. This life is hard. There's There's so much temptation. There's so much that's difficult. But here's the hope that we have. It says, so we are always of good courage. We know that while we are at home in the body, we are away from the Lord, for we walk by faith, not by sight. Yes, we are of good courage, and we would rather be away from the body and home in the Lord. Can I get an amen? I mean, we'd rather be away from all this temptation. But he says, so whether we are at home or away, we make it our aim to please him. And I want to close with that because that is the ultimate aim. Do we make it our aim day in and day out to please our maker? It takes courage to do that. And I like that twice in there he says, we're of good courage. We are of good courage. We would much rather be away from this body and all the temptation that it entails. However, our aim is to please him. And listeners, if that's your aim, and if you feel like you are struggling in your aim, please contact us. We want to be encouraging to you, and we want to help you gain greater courage in your walk. And until next week, we look forward to seeing you back here on the Pure Sex Radio broadcast. Be strong and of courage. Amen. Pure Sex Radio is paid for by Be Broken Ministries. Visit us online at puresexradio.com. Mm-hmm.